There are 8 billion of us on this planet, the UN announced today. They actually made this announcement several months ago in the summer. They said it would happen this year, and they've decided that today, Tuesday, the 15th of December, is in fact the day that we hit 8 billion. It's not an exact science, um, but they believe that it is, in fact, today. It's taken just 12 years to jump from 7 to 8. Uh, the UN expects that tra- trend to slow but continue. Here's what they th- see. Uh, 8.5 billion by 2030, 9.7 billion by 2050, 10.4 billion by the 2080s before flattening through the end of the century. The projection came in a UN report released in July that said much of the growth expected between now and 2050 is coming from just eight countries. Half of those are in sub-Saharan Africa, Nigeria, Congo, Ethiopia and Tanzania. The UN says the populations in the region are growing at 2.5%. That's more than three times the global average. Still, experts say the bigger threat to the environment is consumption, highest in developed countries, not undergoing big population increases. I'm Charles de Ledesma. Yeah, so uh, it, it really is happening in just eight countries where population growth continues. But what if it doesn't continue the way the UN has predicted? Because they've had to sort of downsize their predictions of late. Um, what if, in fact, we are quickly heading towards a flattening that the UN says we'll see closer to the end of the century. What if that flattening happens closer to, you know, 7.5 billion then to 10.7? There are those who say that that is in fact what's happening here, that we're seeing uh, plummeting fertility rates in this country, uh, in this world rather, around the planet with notable exceptions, but really plummeting fertility rates. And that means, in fact, our population is starting to flatten already. And joining me now with more on that is Daryl Bricker. He's, of course, CEO at Ipsos Public Affairs. You'll recognize him from that role. But he's also a fellow at the University of Toronto's Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. And he's co-author of Empty Planet, The Shock of Global Population Decline. Uh, Daryl, thanks. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on, Ben. I appreciate it. I know this 8 billion milestone is a bit of a non-scientific one. We did this story earlier this year when uh, the UN announced that 8 billion would happen this year. Uh, But it is a bit of always a bit of a big deal when we hit these, uh, when we hit these round numbers. But this one uh, continued that path of of relatively quickly jumping from seven to eight, but you think it's going to slow down? Yeah, it is. And and the reason is the thing that that has driven most of what we've seen in terms of that latest 8 billion is not new people coming into the world, it's been people not leaving as fast as they used to. So most of the world's population growth these days is is basically people aging, and you can only age so far. That's what we're experiencing at the moment. And coincidental with that, as we've seen a, a further decline, faster than the UN was originally predicting, of fertility rates, of birth rates. So you don't you have people leaving at the one end, and you don't have people coming in at the other end. And pretty soon, it's not eight billion anymore; it's closer to seven. Yeah, I, I found the the birth rate number two point three births per woman. Uh, that's I mean that's low, and they're forecasting it'll drop to two point one by twenty fifty. But the two point three suggests it may fall even further than that. Yeah, and even the two point three number is probably high. And and when you take a look at the way the UN sees things, like for example, places like Eastern Europe and how it's going to uh, evolve over the space of the next thirty years, um, and saying that the birth rate is going to go up. Well, there's the Eastern European governments don't believe that, yeah. <laughs> and that you know the Chinese birth rate they have climbing through the course of the century. Well, China's done nothing but go down for the for the last period of time. And 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 the, what makes it even harder is 
not only is the fertility rate staying lower, but the population, the overall population in all these countries is aging, which means that just by the fact that the population is getting older, makes it less able to reproduce itself. So there's nothing that suggests that these things are going to go anything but down and probably faster than what the UN is suggesting. I'm certainly believe it's going to be faster than the UN is suggesting. It seems remarkable that in my lifetime, I'm sure you remember back to these days, we were talking about sort of explosive population growth, uncontrollable population growth. And here we are in 2022. And it looks like that's, uh, we certainly see even the UN numbers show a plateau, even if you those numbers seem high, uh, they show a plateau in the not too distant future. Yeah, and that's the interest. One of the interesting things about all of this, Ben, is, you know, we, we can manufacture a disagreement here. But the truth is that what I'm saying, and what John Ibbotson said, an empty planet, and what the UN is saying is pretty much the same thing. Uh, the only difference is we're saying that it's going to happen faster and that the peak is going to be lower. But the UN is projecting the same, basically the same thing. It's just a little further pushed out. Yeah. So what, what's behind this? Um, clearly, I mean, I, I lived in China. You could tell right away in China that that despite the lifting of the one-child policy, it didn't encourage people certainly weren't going to have any more children. They're a richer society now. It's expensive. It's uh, They don't have a lot of room to roam uh, in terms of housing. You know, there are a lot of factors at play, but what are some of the big factors that you think are not only uh, slowing population growth, but in this case may even be uh, reversing it sooner than expected? Well, the first thing is uh, is urbanization. So lots of kids on the farm, lots of hands to do the work. They're an economic asset to the family, lots of kids in the city, and they're expenses. And anybody who has kids who lives in the city knows what I'm talking about. And what we've seen is a massive, massive redistribution of the global population since 1960. Back in 1960, the UN tells us about a third of us lived in an urban area. They now tell us it's almost 60% of us that live in an urban area. And that's just in 60 years. By 2050, it's going to be two thirds of us living in, and probably more, living in, uh, in urban areas. When you move from the country to the city, you have smaller families. But the real reason for that, there's an, the economic rationality, but the real reason is because the lives of women change. And uh, all of a sudden, women decide that they can, they see different role models, they see a different way to live, they acquire an education, which requires them to delay the amount of time uh, that they dedicate to, to having children, they get a career and get some independent income. And when they do turn their heads to finally having a family, if they decide to, they tend to be older. And as a result, they tend to have fewer of them. You don't need to listen to me on the statistics. I mean, anybody who's listening to the show right now, just look at your own family. Look at your grandparents and how many brothers and sisters they had. Look at your parents, same thing. Look at you and your brothers and sisters. Now look at your kids. And I bet you it probably looks pretty much like a funnel. There'll be some exceptions, but for most people, it's it's a, like an upside down pyramid. Yeah, the urbanization, though, interestingly enough, poses some different challenges, though, when it comes to even slower population growth. If we look at the idea that we may hit uh, 8.5 billion by 2030, presumably, according to the UN, maybe closer to 9.5 by 2050, if that, in fact, that's those are the numbers you think it'll be slower than that. But the urbanization does pose some different issues in terms of how to manage even that much, that large a population worldwide. You look at those at sort of the megalopolises, the huge cities around the world now and trying to just provide for people infrastructure wise and so forth in those cities now. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. So I think we're even struggling with it in Canada right now, housing. Well, you know, we talk about housing being a national issue. No, it's an issue in the, in the cities and the suburbs. You go out to rural Canada, you can find lots of houses. We don't have a housing number problem. There's lots of houses. It's just we don't have them where we need to have them. It's the same thing for all of these cities. So we're seeing these megalopolises, as you described them, new city states 
rising all over the world. And when you think about it, you know, a third of us lived in a city 60 years ago. Now it's almost 60% of us. That's a lot of change. Not only are these cities going to be huge, but the population that's going to be in them is old and getting older every day. So it's not just that you have to take care of all of these people. You have to take care of all of these aging people. Daryl Brooker is with us this half hour. He's the CEO at Ipsos Public Affairs. He's also the co-author of a book called Empty Planet, The Shock of Global Population Decline. And we're talking about uh, today's milestone, the UN announcing that we had hit 8 billion people today. I remember back when it was closer to five, I think, but that that's uh, that's showing my age more than anything else. Um, Daryl, when you look at some of the where the growth is now concentrated, that's also interesting because really they've narrowed it down. I mean, it used to be, it seems to be back when population growth was kind of a global thing. It wasn't growing in certain parts of the developed world like Japan and North America, Europe, and so on, but it was pretty much growing everywhere else. Now we're down to sort of eight countries and really parts of sub-Saharan Africa that are really driving population growth, the Nigerias, the Ethiopias, the Tanzanias. And it feels like we're still going to have growth issues. We're just not going to have them as broadly as we used to. Yeah. And the thing that's happening in those places as well is the same trends that are taking have taken effect in the rest of the world are taking place there too. Uh, I did an interview this morning with uh, television in South Africa. And right. uh, just before I did it, I looked up fertility rates for South Africa. So in 1960, it was 6.2. Today, it's 2.3. Look at Nigeria. It was over six. Now it's around five coming down every year. So uh, the, the real question in Africa is how quickly will these factors that have had an influence on population change in the rest of the world take hold in Africa and cause the same type of phenomena? Because the UN is putting an awful lot of stake in, the, uh, in, in its estimates in this happening more slowly than it might happen. We'll, we'll see over time. But, the, but what we've seen so far is that every time they've tried to estimate what it's going to be, the decline has been faster. I mean, they've changed the estimates for, the, for 2100. Uh, the last time they put it out in 2017, they said we were going to have a population of 11.2 billion people. Now it's 10.4. They dropped it by 800 million people in five years. That would be the third largest population in the world. Yeah. So uh, this is moving fast. It is. There are still challenges, obviously, though. I mean, we're seeing it now as, as you know, you mentioned, the amount of population who consume more has grown. Uh, who drive the time. economy. Who drive, drive the, the economy. economy, exactly. Yeah. So we're, see- we're seeing that grow and consumption is an issue now, even with the 8 billion plus whatever comes along. One of the big challenges that we're going to be facing with eventual stopping of the popular population growth and then the decline is what is going to drive our economy. So since the end of the Second World War, it's basically been a baby boom in many countries that have increased level, created consumerism, modern consumerism. So, you know, everything from buying a new car every five years to, you know, buying clothes for the kids to buying a house, doing all those things that people did did and do in their lives. And what we're going to be facing is a situation when, when it re, re, relates to consumption in which that population is going to be much older. And it tends not to be a consuming population. It tends to be an accumulating and saving population. So what is going to drive our economic growth as we go forward? It's going to be a very interesting question. And normally on this issue, where you hear an awful lot of talk is about what the effect is going to be on the labor force. In some ways, that's even that's more the easy problem to solve. I mean, uh, you can use mechanization, you can change the retirement rules, you can certainly get more uh, aggressive in terms of diversifying the workforce. There's a lot of space that you can play in, in when it comes to the workforce. On the consumption part, Robots don't buy cars, at least not yet. So 
who's going to be driving economic growth in the future. So a potential for a, a long-term slowdown in terms of economic growth is definitely there. Yeah. And, and then we're seeing another issue that I find fascinating when it comes to demographics as well, is that you're seeing um, the hollowing out of certain places where immigration is is both very attractive and wanting people wanting to leave countries. So you look at places like Bulgaria, where where there in fact where there's a rapid population decline, with with the attraction of other countries, people leaving. In other words, and that's going to be and, and their replacement rate also very low. So that's going to be another interesting demographic phenomenon. I think we're going to see is that uh, you know countries that Canada will continue to attract their their a large share of of, of the world's population that want to move and other countries are going to find themselves on the receiving end of that. They're going to be hauled out. Yeah. And in many countries, it's it's not possible to solve this problem or deal with this problem, at least in the short term, because that's all Canada is dealing with right now is trying to deal with it in the short term by really ramping up immigration. Not possible in most countries from a political perspective. But if you take a look at with a place that Canada way, way disproportionately draws its immigrants from is India. Mm-hmm. And the UN's even actually it's the Lancet data on this uh, is uh, predicting that the that India is going to lose 300 million people this century. So all of all, even the places we're getting immigrants from are declining. I mean, our biggest sources are places like India and China, both of them now below replacement rate. And China's population has probably already started to decline. India is going to lose a, po- a hunk of its population as big as the United States this century. So you know, Im- immigration is a young person's game you wonder how many young people are going to be around to immigrate. And by the way, the focus of that is going to move away from those places and increasingly move to places like Africa, the only parts of the world that are producing surplus population. That are still growing. You also said uh, a, num- a number of times uh, that we really aren't, you said we're sleepwalking countries like Canada, but I think broadly we're sleepwalking our way into this because I guess we're almost accustomed at this point, acclimatized to seeing these population growth numbers increase all the time, because in our life, you know, almost every, anyone who's around today has been watching pop, world population growth grow rapidly over the past, you know, 80, 90, 100 years. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, it's a very popular trope in, in humanity. It's one of those kind of things that scares us about, you know, overpopulation, now, all the way back to Robert Malthus back in, right. the, uh, in, in the 18th century. And, and, you know, Malthus was wrong. Naomi Klein is wrong. The UN pretty much on, on this, has been changing its estimates down every year. Paul Ehrlich, who wrote The Population Bomb, we're supposed to be fighting over the last scrap of food in the streets today. It's not happening. So all of these Malthusians and these Neo-Malthusians who say that you know the, the end is nigh, it hasn't turned out that way. But it's still an incredibly popular trope in, in terms of the way people think about uh, the status of humanity. And when they see a number like 8 billion, they're thinking, oh, my God, uh, you know, Soylent Green is people. Or yes. uh, Thanos has to eliminate half of the, the universe's population because we're overpopulated. Or, uh, you know, you can look at all the different examples in popular culture in which this is the case. And it, it's just not turned out to be that way. Even at 8 billion, the world's, you know, not perfect, but it's not, we're not starving to death. I mean, the, to the extent that, uh, you know, people are struggling over food these days, it's because of politics. It's not because of the capability of growing food. And I guess a lot of us feel like there are more of us because we're all living in crowded cities these days, Daryl. That's part of the uh, part true. Of the issue. And, and you know, and it also raises questions about you know when I hear from the you know the Richard Attenboroughs and the Jane Goodalls when they talk about the encroachment of humanity on native uh, you know uh, our flora and fauna and the you know collapse of biodiversity. Well, 
everybody's moving out of those places now and they're now moving into cities. So yeah, really threatened if you're living in a major city like Lagos, but if you're living out in the deepest Sahal, there's fewer and fewer people there every day. Daryl Bricker, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. Thank you.